0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Autism Stories. I'm your host Doug Bletcher, the founder of Autism Personal Coach. Autistic people are the true experts of the autistic experience and Autism Stories is where we interview autistic people to learn from their stories, experiences, and get their advice. If you would like to be notified about each week's episode of Autism Stories, we suggest you subscribe, on your favorite podcast listening platform. We would also appreciate it if you could give us a positive rating and review as it will help others to learn about autism stories. When you host a podcast, the podcast sooner or later is bound to incorporate the host's personality and and values, especially the longer it lasts two values that I hold very dear to me are commitment and consistency. So when I heard recently Becca Laurie Hector talk about these two things, I had to invite her back to Autism Stories to discuss the challenges and triumphs that autistic faced with the concepts of commitment and consistency. We hope you enjoy today's conversation. Becca, thanks so much for returning to Autism Stories. This is the fifth time you have been on. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, yes, and you should be so honored because I don't think anyone else has been been on five times. Okay,
1: well now it's going to be a thing for me and I'm going to have to make sure that I stay on top. So if anybody <laughs>
0: starts
1: to catch up, let me know.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, I will, I will definitely let you know. And one of the reasons that I bring you back is because whether it's an article you write or on your YouTube channel, you're always saying things that are really interesting to me, and then and a lot of times where I'm not hearing it from others, so... And recently, one of those things was on your YouTube channel, where you were talking about the topic of committed consistency um, among autistics, so I had to talk to you about this because okay. I didn't realize I was obsessed with this topic until you mentioned it. Uh, <laughs> first off, what is your definition of committed consistency?
1: Okay, so first, let me preface this to your audience because if you don't watch me regularly on my live stream, I do this thing on my live stream where I'm usually thinking about something in my life, and I just, before it's really ready for the world, an article or anything like that, I share it with the people on my live stream because that's really what we talk about, or like, our real challenges on a daily basis of being autistic and an adult alive now. The idea of committed consistency is not an academic term, or a medical term, or anything like that. It doesn't exist out in the world as some kind of real thing. It's just the name that I gave it, because I wanted to talk about it, and so I had to give it some kind of name. I guess it really does its job, though. It describes what I mean pretty well. So to me, the idea of committed consistency is like just being dedicated and not being dedicated in a short-term kind of way, but being dedicated and having a loyalty and a sense of honor about things for, you know, that you're trying to do or you participate in. But it's just this commitment to be consistent about your behaviors, your commitment to be consistent with the things that you do or whatever right? I'm sure that other people could give it other names that are sort of derogatory and stuff. But I'm sure we could flip it. But to me, that's what it is. And I think it's a skill that autistics kind of come naturally to.
0: And I'm just curious, what was maybe happening um, in your life that made you think about this idea of committed consistency and want to discuss this?
1: Well, shit was happening in my life, really. My life... Just like all the other autistics out there and everybody else, they go through good times and bad times and all of that, right? And so the thing is that when the bad times come around, you have to stay committed to the practices that give you the good times, even when you're having crappy times. The whole idea when you use a skill set or a support system or any kind of thing like that is that you have to use it not just when it feels good, but use it all the time, Right? And so it was a time, you know, I'm going through a period in my life of a lot of stuff is going on. It's been a really long transition period in my life, like over a year of transitions. And I'm just tired. And I noticed, though, that no matter how tired I get, all I need to do is remind myself that I'm working towards a goal and that it's going to pass and these things. And I stay really committed to the end goal piece, right? Knowing that, yes, it's crappy right now, but I really want that thing and I'm going to do whatever it is that I have to do. Whereas I think not everyone does that all the time. A lot of people get
0: thrown out of their commitment when things get hard. Every human's unique and different, but as a general rule, do you see differences between autistics and neurotypicals with this concept?
1: Like a million percent. I try my very best as an autistic to not do us versus them very often. I think we used to do a lot of us versus them both ways, and it really caused a lot of discrimination in both directions. So I try not to do it, but in this very kind of limited us-them way, I just think that it's a skill set that comes more naturally to autistics than it does to neurotypical. I think there's just something about our brain. It's that same piece that loves routine. It's the same piece that craves consistency and sameness, right? And really enjoys that. And it's the same part of our brain that's like, oh, and the same part of our brain that makes us loyal friends and really dedicated to our friends in that way. That part of our brain will also suction itself onto a goal that we have, whether it's one we've thought about a lot or one we haven't and we just decided on, will like hyper-focus on that goal. And we'll be like, no, I'm going to stay committed to this thing. And it's that same hyper-focus that neurotypicals don't have. And it's why it's a little bit harder for them I think to remain committed and consistent.
0: I think with most concepts there can be a positive side and a negative to it. What would be some ways or maybe examples of commitment and consistency hurting autistics?
1: Well, because of our black and white brain, right, really easy for us to Fall into doing something because we've decided that it's got to be. So a lot of times we will stay dedicated to something like a job. This is my favorite example. If we we are loyal employees, we work at 150 percent when we're at our jobs. We do our very darndest not to call out sick and not to break the rules and all of those things. But sometimes, despite all of that stuff, we're doing a job that like we don't like our work environment we don't like our boss we don't like the work we're actually doing or not doing right but because we have this committed consistent brain that doesn't like change that wants to stick with routine that thinks everything is its fault and not everybody else's right and all of this other stuff we just stay in these jobs so we stay committed and consistent in these jobs or in these situations whether it's a living situation a relationship we stay in them in that dedicated, committed, consistent way, and sometimes we need to just let things go. And it's not so easy for us to let things go, or to recognize that we're enjoying the habit of it.
0: When I think about this, I'm wondering if some people are better with big picture, committed consistency, such as maybe having a big goal, um, kind of, and going after it no matter how long it takes, and some might be better with smaller details, um, like, this is exactly the way I like this or want a particular task being done in this way. In other words, how much do you think there is a spectrum within committed consistency?
1: There's a huge spectrum, I think. And I think the reason for that is people's limited sort of experience of success that's what I want to say so when you set a goal for yourself if you don't set it using your values if you don't set it thinking about your priorities if you don't set it with being realistic about the time frame or whatever right you know you're setting yourself up for failure and so what a lot of people do is set these huge goals for themselves that they're seeking to get maybe don't think it through all the way or they don't realize there are going to be failures along the way trying to get to this big thing. And what that does is it really discourages you from being committed and consistent about something because so you're not experiencing any moment of successes. Similarly, if you're working on short-term goals, usually your payback is usually very quick. It usually comes to fruition in a faster way. But at the same time, it's like getting change of a dollar instead of change from a hundred. Your payback is there, and it's more instantaneous, but it's much smaller than when you're working on a large goal that you get to. What I teach people is to really the practice of doing both at the same time. Long-term goals take a very long time. We try to have a very limited amount of them, one or two at most. And then small-term goals are a lot easier to get to, and we usually have many more of them. We go through them much more quickly. And what happens is if we do them simultaneously, the motivation from your small successes keeps you going. Like, it fuels you for that long journey to the long goal. I talk a lot about celebrating all your small successes because it refuels your machine to keep going. But if you've never had successes and you don't know what that feels like, very hard to stay committed to things. And if you're just getting these quick little things, also doesn't really show you what it feels like to reach a big goal. So the mix is really essential, I think.
0: Uh, Right. Absolutely. I, I think my problem is I have, like you were talking about, like having one or two long term goals. And my problem is I think I have like 23 at a time. And, <laughs> and, that is, and that's probably caused me problems in my life because it's near impossible to maintain that, or, or probably impossible.
1: It's probably, I mean, you're setting yourself up to fail. So there's a couple of things that I call that when I coach. I say you're putting a self imposed obstacle in front of yourself. You're
0: creating
1: the non-success by keeping this huge list of long-term goals. Instead of prioritizing the ones that mean the most, plucking those and doing them. And so that's one thing that we really have to be careful about when we're setting goals for ourselves, that we're realistic in that way about achieving them and that we can only do so much at a time. There's only so many hours of the day and only so much energy well. So when you do too much, you don't do them well is also what (laughs) happens. You know, we need to pare them down and we need to use... Other things we know about ourselves, in order to pare that down, because it's great to dream big, but never discourage someone from dreaming big and having all of those goals. When we separate from thinking about things into taking action on things, it's realistic, it's great to dream that one day you'll breed a unicorn and a walrus, and who knows what'll happen. But at the same time, we have to pay rent things have to happen. So what's your You know, what's a realistic goal in there? What's something that you're looking to do? Stop paying rent to buy a house, maybe? I try to encourage people to create balance by by doing many different things at the same time instead of doing, like, a hyper-focus on one particular thing.
0: Now, often it's talked about, commonly, about knowing expectations is important to autistic folks. However, I think it's not just knowing, but it's believing that those expectations will eventually lead to an outcome that you're looking for. How important do you feel like belief is within the framework of committed consistency? To me it's huge.
1: To me it's the difference between actually getting things done, like actually getting your goals, or not getting them. That's the difference in belief to me. The crazy part about belief is that no one can do that for you. It's like the same step as when you're deciding you're going to do a thing and that very last step out your front door that day is the thing that is the start time and no one can take that step for you everyone can help line you up for that step but you are the one who physically has to do it you have to jump and that jump that physical thing that i'm describing is very much this like spiritual and psychological jump that you believe that this is going to work it's a risk to believe in something because you can't prove it just yet. And so it's a risky thing. And a lot of people, if they can't tangibly touch something and know it that way, they struggle with doing things. But this belief piece, if you don't believe in yourself and believe in your goal enough to take that first step out the door to start your thing, no one can help you. That's the one piece that is on your own shoulders. And so that's where that belief piece comes in for me. You have to believe you don't have to believe in, like, God or angels or ghosts or anything like that. You need to believe in yourself and your abilities enough to say, I want to get that thing, and I know one day I'll get there. I'm going to start today with this step. And that's it. And that one step just starts the movement, creates that, like, first domino for you, in, in the line of domino. And I think that if you haven't gotten to a place where you can take that leap of faith, then you're not quite ready.
0: You mentioned a word that I think is really interesting within the context of belief and um, spiritual. I'm just, I'm wondering, like, because spiritual usually is associated with religion, and we know religion and, you know, the autistic community, sometimes there's can be lots of problems relating to that. Do you see any of this kind of, like, in a Venn diagram, like, connecting this belief and committed consistency and religion and spiritual beliefs?
1: I think that spiritual, in a lot of people's heads, is connected to religion, and I think that's a mistake. That's my, I am not a religious person. Hmm. By any means, I was never a religious person. For all of the reasons that autistic people struggle with organized religion. The rules don't make sense. All of that stuff is illogical. But being spiritual, it's this belief that there's just something that's a little bit bigger than you out there. It can be Mother Nature, and for a lot of us it is, right? Whatever it is that created the earth to be this way, that it works, and all the biosystems work together, and all of that magic, you know, it's something that we can't touch, that we can't call on the phone, that we can't send an email to. And that belief piece, that willingness to say, there's a possibility that there's something out there than that spirituality to me. It's a humbleness that you give. There's something bigger than me
0: out there. And now what about, you know, think about people knowing their values, knowing what's truly important to them in the context of their life as an autistic person. How do you see that affecting committed consistency?
1: Well, to me, they're directly related. I talk about values and value and priorities because autistics don't think about them. That piece was sort of taken away from us, our ability to allow ourselves to think about those things in our own brain without other people's noise. Most of us have these sort of beliefs in our heads and the way things work, and they came from other people. Other people have said to us, work ethic is something very important to have. It's important that You should find a partner or a spouse in life. Have a good job. And a lot of those things are put upon us by our parental unit. And that's a human condition, not just autistic. All of us have parents and all of us get their crap dumped upon us. And it's your hope as an adult that you stop for a moment and say, well, this is the stuff that they told me. Now I've lived a little. Do those things match? Do they work for me? But autistics don't do that. Because people have made us really untrustworthy of ourselves and untrustworthy of our own beliefs. And that the things we think about naturally are sort of naturally incorrect and we should do the opposite. And that thinking allows us to let everyone else implant their values into our lives. So what it finds is that when autistics chase a goal, it's usually coming from a place of the values of the person that were put upon them. And when that happens, A, you don't reach your goal ever. And even if you do, you're not satisfied. Because it wasn't yours to begin with. It wasn't in line with who you are as a person. And so it's important to take the time to understand what are the things that I value? What are the things that are most important? And why treat them that way? Do they get priority seating in my life? Am I doing that and getting the most of my energy and all of those things? Are my goals in alignment with those things? Am I chasing things that are aligned with the life that I want to be living? It's that question that really helps you to set up your goal. And so for a lot of people, they either come in and they think they have a goal, but it's a goal that somebody else gave them. They think they should go and achieve, or they can't figure out what their goal should be because they haven't spent enough time learning about themselves and what they value and what they prioritize. And so that's where that connection really comes in play.
0: And if people want your help in bringing more commitment and consistency in their lives, in what ways are you available to support them?
1: Well, my most favorite one is for them to take the Self-Defined Living course that I teach. I teach it live twice a year, and the rest of the time it's up as a recorded version that you can do for yourself. But that whole course kind of helps you through this journey of figuring out your goals, understanding what keeps you motivated, knowing what parts of your life are working or not working, how to set those goals and achieve them. So that's what the whole course is about. I'm also happy to see people on a one-on-one basis, but you have to be really ready, is what I say. You you have to be so tired of your own BS that you're ready and willing to do anything. That's when I will do a one-on-one with you, right? <laughs> um, that is when you're ready to really spend time with me and do that work, because I don't, I'm very direct, and I don't pull punches, and there are truths to be tell, and I tell them. The other things that I do, I do a monthly seminar on a theme topic that's related to some challenges that autistics face. Like I just did a time and spoon management for everybody and things like that. So that stuff is available. My newsletter is out there for free. And most importantly, right now in this moment, I am working on a YouTube goal for myself. And if you are listening and you can help me, I would love it very much. I have set the goal to make a thousand subscribers by the end of this year. So by the end of 2021, I would like my channel to have 1,000 subscribers. I'm halfway there. And if you are interested in the stuff that I talked about today, you want to swing over to YouTube and check out the stuff that I do, subscribe while you're there. I would very much appreciate your support.
0: Well, one, people should absolutely subscribe. I've been a subscriber for for a while now. And two, our podcast that we co-host, the InfoDump Files, is on there.
1: That's correct. I keep all of our video footage up there from InfoDump, and it is like InfoDump is our little vacation
0: from
1: the work that we do, and I do love it. We have a lot of fun, we so do. definitely check that out while you're there.
0: And to the, the most important question I'm going to ask you uh, today, have you seen the new season of What We Do in the Shadows?
1: Not yet. It is saved. I have it marked. <laughs> I need a Saturday afternoon all to myself. But I love that show so much, and I'm so excited.
0: All right, well then, in that case, I didn't want to give any spoilers, so I will yeah, no not.
1: Spoilers. No,
0: I will give you no spoilers on Colin Robinson in this season.
1: Colin is my favorite, you guys. Just so that you know, I just think he's fantastic.
0: <laughs> well, Becca, it's always an honor to talk with you, and thanks so much for joining me again.
1: Happy to be back, and happy to be the leading guest right now for more times than anybody else. My
0: pleasure. Thanks so much, as always, to Becca for the conversation. To learn more about Becca, a link can be found in the podcast description for this episode. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation with Becca because so often, through the coaching of Autism Personal Coach, we are helping our clients define what commitment and consistency means to them within the context of being autistic, and how to best apply that in their lives. If that's something you'd be interested in for your life, then you can always book a free call with me today to learn how Autism Personal Coach can help you in this area of your life. A link for the free call can be found in the podcast description of this episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Autism Stories, and if you did, if you could tell a friend, foe, or anyone you know about it so they could have the same enjoyable experience as you when listening to Autism Stories, it would very much be appreciated. On the next episode of Autism Stories, we will discuss comedy within the context of the autistic community. Until next time, I'm Doug Blutcher of Autism Personal Coach. Talk to you then.